Hi and welcome to Marking the Roll. Good to have you listening. Marking the Roll is a podcast for teachers, uh, but really for anyone interested in education, including parents, of course. My name's Phil Dye. I'm your host. Last episode was on how Australian school behaviour and inclusion policies failed the social validity test. It was by far our most listened to podcast. It obviously was striking a chord with listeners. I'm not going to go over the content. Uh, just have a listen to episode 15 of Marking the Roll um, and you'll find out what all the kerfuffle is about. Um, also, just reminding listeners that if you are a teacher, did you know that listening to Marking the Roll counts as your professional development points in nearly every state in Australia? So as weird as it may seem, you can listen to Marking the Roll, you can listen to two episodes, about 45 minutes or episode, and get an hour and a half of uh, teacher professional development points. Now, this is not uh, NESA accredited or ATSL accredited points, but it's teacher selected. You still get the points. Good stuff. Um, I also wanted to ask for some assistance from listeners because um, we've been asked to provide transcripts from every episode. Now, that's fair enough for people who are deaf. They can't listen to it. They have to read it. Um, and that is very fair. But transcription costs money. Everyone here is a volunteer. I don't make any money. Lee doesn't make any money from it. Um, but it costs a lot to run it. Um, and we really do ask for your assistance, even if it's only $5, um, to help us with transcription and with the costs. Um, and to do that, you go to markingtheroll.com.au and don't forget, role is R-O-L-E. So markingtheroll.com.au and you'll see a little yellow coffee cup somewhere on that main page and you can donate there or you can become a member of the podcast as well, uh, which would really, really help us out. And membership ranges from $20. It goes up a little bit from there. But just reminding you, this is a non-profit podcast. No one is paid. Um, we are making this podcast because we believe that it is important to give teachers a voice. Now, this is episode 16 and the final one for this series, series two. And it's on leaving the field. What does that mean? Simply, like a player leaving the field, it's for teachers who are thinking of leaving the profession. And we know that there are many, many teachers leaving the profession. And the messages we got from last episode was that the policies that are being introduced all over Australian education departments, uh, the policies for schools, are one of the main reasons that teachers are leaving. So what does a teacher do when they decide to leave the profession? Where can they go? It is a very hard choice. Uh, it's a hard decision and it's quite stressful. But this episode we go into where teachers will fit, how hard this decision is, what you do when you've made up your mind, how it also affects the family of teachers. Um, so there's a lot to cover 
in this episode. Now, on researching uh, this career transitioning for teachers, I discovered that there are no career uh, transitioning businesses for teachers in Australia. There's no one to help. Uh, Teachers really have to do it on their own. As a matter of fact, there's not many in the entire world. But there is one dominant one, and that is uh, the Teacher Career Coach in the USA, which was founded by uh, Daphne Gomez. Um, Now, because of time difference, because of diary conflicts, I couldn't interview Daphne for this episode. But there's going to be a special bonus episode just dedicated to my interview and my discussions with Daphne, uh, where you can actually send in questions, either via audio message or you can send them in by text, um, that I can ask Daphne. Now, uh, this will be next week. Um, I'll be talking to her directly from Los Angeles, and um, I'll need your questions. If you're thinking of transitioning out of teaching to a career that's going to be less stressful, more rewarding. Uh, You don't want to go from the frying pan into the fire and go into something worse. But I need your questions well in advance, like like as soon as possible. And I know I shouldn't do this on a podcast, but it's now the 14th of September, 2022, Sydney time. It's about uh, half past six at night. uh, And I need those questions by the 20th of September. Um, So I can put them into the recording for when I talk to Daphne. So if you've got any questions about leaving the profession, about trying to find another job, how you go about it, what sort of job should you go to, please go into markingtherole.com.au, send us a voice question. You can just put a voice question in or you can uh, fill out one of our um, contact forms or you can just email us the question markingtherole uh, at gmail.com, markingtherole at gmail.com and we need those questions as soon as possible. Daphne, uh, she also has a podcast for teachers about leaving the field, and um, we've got about 6,000 regular listeners here to Marking the Role. She has hundreds of thousands, but it is the USA. Um, So, um, no, not this episode. I'll be talking to others in this episode, but it's a bonus episode coming up uh, next week. Now, in looking at this, I interviewed someone who has just resigned from the teaching service. I also interviewed the husband of someone who has fairly recently resigned. Uh, I also interviewed someone who resigned quite a while back and started a business uh, to look at what she went through. So I'm looking at the three sides, the person who is leaving, the family of that person who is leaving, and what you can do when you leave and how you do feel when you leave the profession. I left the profession some time back. I've always been in and out of education and the last time I was in a classroom was about uh, two months ago, Um, but certainly not on a full-time basis and not facing all of the administrative and reporting problems that teachers are now facing. I began this series of interviews by Talking to Lynn Smith, Lynn is a primary school teacher from New South Wales. 
Uh, and I began by asking her how long she'd been in the job. Sure. I've been at that school for uh, just over 20 years. I've been teaching for 33 years. So, yeah, I've been at that school for a long time. And what has led you up to this point? 20 years at a school is a long, long time. Hmm, it is, it is. But I do love the job. I love, well, I love teaching. I love the kids. I love the people I work with. Um, But I have got to the stage where I actually resent the amount of time and mental energy that teaching takes. And whereas it's always taken a lot of my time and a lot of my mental energy, um, it seems to have been taking even more so now and um, the balance has been tipped and I'm just not prepared to forego my family time and friend time and all the other things that life has to offer that um, I just couldn't participate in as much as I would like to. So I've taken the step. Wow, that's, it's, it's a big step. Was this a slow erosion of family time or do, or do you think something happened? Was it COVID that, that changed things or did it slowly happen over the years? Um, probably a bit of both, a bit of both. If you, I have um, grown up children and they will say, oh, we always knew that we never saw mum from lunchtime on Sundays and of an evening after dinner, mum was always gone in the study uh, and that was just the way of life and that's how they grew up. Um, so that has always been our family life. Not that I felt proud of that, but that was just how I felt I had to do teaching to give it my best. Um, so I I guess living with that and um, as, you know, probably with getting a bit older too, you, you reevaluate things. Uh, COVID did, was very intense and did bring it to a bit of a head. Um, but I guess for me also the fact that now that those children have moved on and it's just my husband and I and it's now him sitting alone <laughs> after dinner while I'm still up in the study doing doing work every night and Sunday afternoons that, um, yeah, that that just kind of all came together and went, you know what, life's too short. Indeed. Yes, it is. And how did you feel in that week up to finally resigning? Was it something that you were tossing up and thinking, oh, no, I might give it another year? Or or was it very, very firm in your mind? Uh, so I had the thought last year that I would would possibly give up but then didn't do it so going in this year to um, my principal I was pretty convicted of of what I was doing and felt very very peaceful with my decision so um, yeah so no this year it's been been a really good a peaceful thing to do okay and the um, um, the response from your principal was it what you expected Yeah, she's. I get on very well with my principal, and um, I had expressed to her at other times that that I was finding this a lot and my feelings. Um, so when I actually told, I think she was surprised that I had decided to completely go cold turkey rather than cut down days. 
but um, but she's living with all the additional workloads that we teachers are living with too. So she mm. got it. Yes, I can imagine, and she would be petrified that that other teachers are thinking the same thing as you were. I guess that. Um, I guess that's there too. I, I know it's a concern to think, okay, now I've actually got to find someone to um, fill this position. Not not that it's particularly filling my position, but filling any positions at the moment is um, tricky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just not the applicants. And um, was it, were you nervous when you walked in? Do you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I just felt totally at peace about doing this because I just think it's the right thing for me to do at the moment and since that how have you felt um yeah no fine fine there's been moments of of um wavering I guess not not to a big extent but just to oh I wonder what I am going to do next year because I actually don't have a plan to to go into of what I'll go into I know I want to go into something else I'm not this is not for retirement this is just for changing direction where I can um, work to live rather than live to work. Do you think you would go back into some sort of um, either a, a casual teaching role or other, some sort of other role in education? Um, I wouldn't rule out casual teaching completely, but it wouldn't be for a while. I think I need a feel like I need a total break for a while and then um it would only be for a day or so i don't a a week i don't think i'd get into doing blocks or anything like that and how has the response been from your family my family were cheering my family said that they wished i'd done it a few years ago yeah so they're very happy okay look it's funny lynn that a friend of mine's just had a knee replacement and uh, she'd been putting it off and putting it off, and then she finally had it and said, I wish I would have done this years ago, just <laughs> like when I resigned from teaching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I can totally understand that. Yeah. So did you feel like there was a weight lifted off your shoulders? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to next year. I do have the attitude of this is – giving me space to lift my head because while you're teaching, you just can't lift your head to look around at what other opportunities there are. So, um, yeah, this is I'm seeing it as an opportunity to to look around and see what else is out there. That's that's terrific, Lynn. Yes, you've got to have an empty bucket, I suppose, in order to fill it. So, look, thanks very much for talking to us and and, um, good luck. In, in 2023, when does it take effect? Uh, at the beginning of the school year next year. Okay, terrific. Yeah. So you've got about 10 weeks, 10 or 12 weeks to go. Absolutely, that's it. So, and, and you know, I want to end well. So I've got lots of plans to do that because it's there's been a lot of time and love and, and energy gone into teaching. So, yeah, I want to finish well. And that was Lynn Smith, a primary school teacher from the Illawarra, who's only put her resignation in within the last 14 days. And it's very interesting that she mentioned the word love. She loved the kids. She loved the the job when she first started 30 years ago, and she loved um, the staff. It's a word you don't hear much 
these days, is it, um, with teachers? There's a lot to moan about, but there's certainly not much to love in the job. You're listening to Marking the Role, a podcast for teachers and anyone interested in education. You can keep the podcast going by becoming a member or making a small donation through Buy Us a Coffee. Just go to markingtherole.com.au and click on the yellow coffee cup. Thanks for listening. Now, leaving the field, resigning from any job and trying to find another one has repercussions not only on the individual doing it, but on the family of that person. Will there be enough money coming in? What will what will it be like when, when mum or dad or husband or wife has a, a different job? Will we see them less or more? I thought it was important to speak to a family member of someone who was either going to resign or had just resigned. And I managed to find Hugo Murray. Now, for the sake of disclosure, I know Hugo Murray. I didn't have to try very hard to find him. Um, He's a friend. I've known him for many years and his wife, Sally. And now Sally had just put in her resignation fairly recently. And I asked him what it was like uh, to have someone who had just resigned from teaching in the family. Uh, to start with, it was great. And, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm a former teacher as well. I've, I've been out for about 15 years, though. I saw the light about 15 years ago. Um, but at that particular point in time, it was, um, it was good because it was manageable. You know, um, and we had we had a young family pretty early on. We married young, and we had a young family. Um, but just increasingly, increment by increment, um, things have things have just the temperature's gone up and up. Mate, something had to give, and so often it was stuff in in family time and in. Um, in family unity and in in and in family um, ability to to be together that was that was getting cut from the demands and the the anxiety brought on by those demands from uh, from having to do all the things that teachers have got to do. Do you think the kids noticed it as well? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. The normal pattern for a week for us would have been my wife leaving by seven, um, which was interesting when kids had to get dropped off to primary school themselves. So needing needing before and after school care for those kids, most definitely. Um, and then getting home, throwing down a quick dinner, Doing, doing a few things that were really necessary for a family, but but usually by, you know, eight o'clock up our state, um, regularly, um, the kids having to look after themselves or uh, you know, uh, essentially, mum not being available because she had to dive back into a whole bunch of work, which was often two, two and a half, and regularly three hours of work preparation reports. Just incessant paperwork that just became box ticking, but necessary box ticking if you were going to, you know, be able to be signed off and be seen to be doing the right thing as a as a teacher. 
you can't have a life outside of teaching. It, it reminds me that, that casuals now, I've been told casuals, uh, when they need them for long-term periods, when a principal needs them for, say, uh, a month or two months, are saying, yes, I'll do the job, but I refuse to do any of the reporting to this organisation, to that organisation, and you can have me under those terms or not have me at all. Yeah, and good on them. And they're really throwing down the gauntlet and saying, well, you trust me as a teacher because I'm a teacher and I'm not going to do all the other rubbish associated with it. And that's um, good for them. And, 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 you know, hopefully it's that sort of a, a crisis or pivot point that's going to lead to a big rethink about letting teachers who are trained and professional and give a damn, they really do care, to do their job without all this extra paperwork, which, let's face it, is not increasing or improving educational outcomes. We are just feeling so <laughs> unburdened by the decision. Um, she will be happy doing a myriad of other things and more to the point, she'll actually have some time to consider what else she can do because at the moment she just <laughs> she's just like underwater and occasionally coming up to grab a, a mouthful of air and it's, uh, it's beyond the pile, mate. Yes, it most certainly is beyond the pale. I'm glad I got out when I did. And that was Hugo Murray, whose wife, Sally, has just recently resigned. Time for a brain break. And this brain break is from the Moonshiners, uh, who used to play down the Illawarra in Shoalhaven, with a, with a song I thought was very appropriate, Leave Her Johnny. I thought I heard an old man say Leave her, Johnny, leave her It's a long, hard pull till the next payday And it's time for us to leave her Leave her, Johnny, leave her Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her well, the voyage is done and the winds don't blow And it's time for us to leave her Well, the skipper was bad, but the mate was worse Leave her, Johnny, leave her He'd knock you down with a spike and curse And it's time for us to leave her Leave her, Johnny, leave her Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her Well, the voyage is done and the winds don't blow And it's time for us to leave her Well, pull your lovers or you'll get no pay Leave her, Johnny, leave her I'll pull your lovers and then be lay And it's time for us to leave her Leave her, Johnny, leave her Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her Well, the voyage is done and the winds don't blow and it's time for us to leave her Leave her, Johnny, leave her Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her Well, the voyage is done and the winds don't blow And it's time for us 
And maybe you're thinking it's time for you to leave teaching. That was the Moonshiners with Leave Her Johnny. Now, as I said a little earlier on, we'll be having a special bonus podcast, uh, an interview with Daphne Gomez, the CEO and founder of Teacher Career Coach uh, from the USA. And that will be within the next week, no, 10 days. Um, but in the meantime, I thought... I'd talked to someone who had left teaching and had started a new business and gone a different different uh, direction. I spoke to Sarah Rich, who is one of the co-founders of Inquisitive, and I began by asking her about her teaching background. Uh, I started my career in far western New South Wales in um, remote country schools and worked in other uh Department schools throughout New South Wales, both in one of the biggest schools in, in Sydney, actually, as well as um, schools in the Hunter Valley and, and Western New South Wales. So I, I had experience across the grades from, from K right through to year six as a teacher and as an executive teacher and as an assistant principal. So a fair, a fair variety of, <laughs> of teaching experience, K to six. Okay. And what made you leave the profession? I was introduced quite early in my career to doing some editing work with a big publishing firm. Um, a lot of publishing firms send editing and proofreading work out to, out to contractors. It's how the traditional model of publishing. So um, a, a teaching colleague introduced me to one of the big publishing firms to do some proofreading, basically some kindergarten books that they were creating because you can do that kind of work anytime. They'd send you the work, you do the proofreading, you send it back to them, they pay you for your time. So I guess over time, doing a bit of that, I started to understand a little bit about commercial publishing of content and resources. And and when you when you did leave teaching, was it a big thing for you? Did you have to really yeah. toss up what you were going to do? It was difficult because I loved the school I was at. I had a nice position. I had a lovely class. Um, I you know I enjoyed. I had good colleagues there. A couple of my kids were at school with me. It all seemed to work pretty well. But this was an opportunity that might. I spoke to my principal and said, can I possibly make this leap? At my age, I was 40. Um, you know, it's a big step going into a corporate world. And she, her words were, you can always come back to teaching. Like literally, it's like riding a bike. You'll, you, not many teachers at the time were her words, get this opportunity, try it. If you don't like it, you know, you can always come back to teaching. So I did, and I never, never looked back, to be honest. So I suppose that, that's, um, that's a good lesson for, um, um, uh, t- for listeners as well, if they're thinking of getting out of the profession, you can always go back to teaching if something doesn't work. Oh, totally. Once you've got your training and you've, you've, you know how to manage a group of kids, then you can always go back to it. And that's probably a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. I now, think. can you tell us about the business that you have now? Yes. The business I have now is called Inquisitive, and I co founded that with Tim Power. And we sat down and, and all of our experience in, t- in teaching education and ed tech, what did we actually want to do this time? And we decided that we genuinely want to create something that made teachers' lives easier because, as Tim puts it, there is literally no other job where you are set up to fail. And I, he's so right. No teacher can possibly complete everything that is expected of them and required of them in their job. They just can't from day to day, week to week, term to term year to year. So what we wanted to do was create something 
that would ease that burden if we could and save them time. So we started with content. We've, we've created a beautiful, easy-to-use platform, and I have a very small team of um, teacher writers with me, and we create content for primary schools across Australia in, in house science and now English and maths. And we make it engaging and fun and easy to teach. The kids love it. The teachers have this relief that it's all done for them, but it's, it, it's a, it's a joy to teach. So, so, so this relates to, to the, the Nessa, uh, points, the, the yeah. outcome points. And you give data then back to the teachers as to how the, the students have gone, where they needed, need to do extra work. Um, we don't so much do that. But we, we provide all of the content, the lessons. The lessons are differentiated so they, the teachers can then determine which students, you know, where they can, can extend those students and where they can support those students that need it. We provide assessments for the teachers that they can complete um, and report back on. But uh, one of the big things we provide, along with programming, which with links back to the curriculums and the syllabus, is... Um, the stimulus resources, we create and license and purchase amazing videos and ebooks. Okay, so this must have been a massive learning curve for you, was it? Huge learning curve. When I moved from teaching to the commercial world, I did get some advice from a friend who was, was in business. And she said to me, just you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen, double the amount of time you speak. And don't say anything for six weeks while you work out what you're doing. And I walked around with a pen and a notepad in my hand 100% of the time. And it was very good advice. I listened and listened and listened and I made notes and I'd be in meetings and I'd just make thousands of notes. Then I'd go back out to my desk and Google them to find out what they were talking about. It was a fast learning curve and challenging. Also, the relationships in the business are a little different than in teaching. So connecting with people. Um was a little different to begin with, but also the lack of structure to the day. I mean, that's a delight, to be honest, after being in teaching. That's one of the bonuses. You don't have to have your cup of coffee when the bell goes for recess. You don't, you know, you can leave early if you need to pick your kids up or you can go to the dentist at 10 o'clock if you have to, or you can get in at 7 o'clock and get your work done or stay late. There's just the flexibility is is something that actually is delightful, but it's hard to get used to. We become indoctrinated. And yes, it's like you have Stockholm Syndrome and you start to, to love your captors. It is a little <laughs> bit, exactly. And teachers who I have come to work with us at Inquisitive, they, it is they're like they've got that. They say, oh, can I have a morning tea break? I say you can have three if you want. Um, and what time do I finish school? Do, what, what time do I finish work? Do I have to work till four or five? I work till whenever you want. And it's quite, it's quite, um, it's like freedom. It's quite, um, uh, what's the word? You feel uh, you're trusted, if that makes sense. You know, if, if you if your boss asks, asks you to do something and gives you a deadline or whatever, then they trust that you will do that. I think as a teacher, sometimes you feel like Big Brother all the time. You know, this is programs are due week four, no matter what, and you know reports are due now, and you know you just can't miss that. There's a lot of hierarchy in schools and how many staff do you have sarah we have around 40 now um that includes you know, some part-time contractors so it's interesting that you that you left teaching but you've gone into really a different a different 
path of teaching in in edutech but you're using yeah. all of the skills that you that you used to use uh, relationships yeah. uh, how how to teach yeah. how to um, evaluate but you're still using that but it's in a whole different platform i was just going to say two of the key skills that every single teacher has is communicating because you're communicating with literally 75 people a day, 25 kids, 25 of their mothers and 25 of their fathers, uh, plus all of the staff. So teachers are great communicators and they're organised because you have to be. And they're two really, really strong skills that you can take into any business. Yep. So with that, with communication skills being your your number one with teachers, there are so many jobs that you could go into. I would suggest or recommend to any teacher that was looking to move out of teaching that there are big publishing houses out there and they starting out by doing proofreading with them, contact them and do some proofreading. They, I mean, the rule of thumb in publishing is that eight sets of eyes need to go across something before it's published. So they, they're looking for those eight sets of eyes. And if you do a good job with the proofreading, then you might go to the next step and you might be up to some editing or perhaps creating some content and um, look there's 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 other things too like running incursions into school if you if you're into the sciences you can run sort of incursions which is hugely. which is what i've did yeah. for the last 10 years um you can you can do okay. teacher pd you can anything to do with presenting teachers oh, are great PR. presenters yes they're great presenters they're not bothered about standing up in front of people um you know museums and and zoos and places like that there are always educational positions at those places that's right um, that's they right would be somewhere i definitely consider looking yep student liaison in universities your the teachers are used to using used to dealing with the students so talking to the students making them feel comfortable organizing tours they don't do the tours but they organize the tours um so there's so many little niche jobs that teachers can go into and so. be well paid for I think the other one that's, yes, absolutely, is a PA or an EA. I mean, an executive assistant or a, or a personal assistant is all about organising somebody's day and structuring it and supporting them with that. I mean, what teacher can do that brilliantly? Teachers should be, you know, moving into jobs where they're valued and respected and where they're happy. And if they're not, there's something out there for them. And that was ex-teacher Sarah Rich, who moved out of teaching, went into business, and now runs her own company called Inquisitive, uh, which is an edutech company helping teachers, uh, primary teachers, with their lessons. You've been listening to episode 16 of Marking the Role, which is on leaving the field. Now, uh, just reminding you that there's going to be a bonus episode where... I interview Daphne Gomez, who's the CEO and founder of one of the only teaching career guidance companies in the world called Teacher Career Coach. She's from the USA. Um, And I'll be talking to her, but I'd love to get your questions. So your questions can come just by going to markingtherole.com.au. You can leave voice questions, which would be terrific, or you can just text us. Um, via the contact forms and leave your questions or you can just email us at markingtherole.com.au and I need those questions before 9am on the 20th of September 2022 Sydney time. Uh, My name's Phil Dye. Uh, We have a bonus episode as I said coming up pretty soon but 
the next season starts on the second week, on the Wednesday of the second week of Term 4. If I don't see you in the bonus episode, I'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>